today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup, UW-Madison edition. Campus protesters are demanding the chancellor expel a student for making racist comments. Meanwhile, Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss is threatening to cut funding for the university's diversity programs. And do UW police horses get better benefits than UW employees? Saddle up. The whole CityCast Madison team is here, including Bianca Martin and Molly Stentz. It's Friday, May 5th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, where we corral this week's news in convenient podcast form. CityCast Madison Marshall and lead producers here, Molly Stentz. Hello, Molly. Hey, Dylan. And Bianca, back on the ranch. How you doing? Do you have a nice time off? I did. It was very restorative. Yay. <laughs> the news this week will snap you back into reality. <laughs> oh, no. I'm always in reality, yeah. Well, though. that's true. Uh, well, reality was kind of ugly this week, and um, we're focusing on UW-Madison because that's just where... All the news, uh, the big top news stories seem to be coming out of, and of course, we're, we, we have to mention that extremely disturbing and racist video that was posted on social media by a student that has prompted protests. Indeed, there have been hundreds of UW-Madison students protesting this week on the UW campus. There was a video from a UW student uh, who was saying pretty violent and racist comments about black folks. It's been circulating since Monday. It's now a national story. And there's been a mass call to have the alleged student be expelled, including a change.org petition with over 40,000 signatures. It's it's pretty bad, <laughs> the video. Uh, UW condemned it, but they said they're a public institution that respects the First Amendment, which protects her right to say very offensive and hateful things. There are a lot of students that disagree with that, um, and students brought a list of demands to the chancellor, including expelling the sophomore. And And so we should say not exactly what's in the video, but we should, for anyone who hasn't heard or seen seen this video, you hear a woman's voice, and she's using racial slurs, and she's talking about wishing people would die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see her, she's crying. (laughs) Uh, She had been broken up with with someone who was black, a black student, and she's crying and she says, yeah, not to say everything, but basically she wants to send people back into slavery so she can have them pick cotton for her and die (laughs) and hope that their bodies dry out um, from all the cotton that they pick. So... It's not a new it's not a new tale, obviously. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's pretty it's pretty upsetting. Uh, but it's not surprising to me. It's like one of the number one things that you hear about uh, is just the idea that black folks bodies are up for up for grabs and to be of use to other people. Kind of was almost a hot mic situation. Like she wasn't posting it as like this is a threat, but it was almost like somebody captured this video of her ranting, maybe to a friend, you know, kind of just expressing these vile, disgusting opinions, maybe to a group of friends. Yeah. And just making light of, you know, <laughs> race based violence. 
So that's the context. I mean, she was making a, a threat, but not a threat to anyone in specific. It was a threat to black black people. <laughs> she was just like, I hope this happens. She mentions the the specific people in the sense that she mentioned something about people who have wronged her. There's no defense of it. And you know what got me thinking about is how UW is a unique government institution in that it can banish people. Isn't that what expelling a student means? It's saying you are no longer welcome in this community. You are banished. So that has some rules attached to it about when you could do that. That's a, that's a huge that's a very powerful tool that the university can use, and uh, the rules in which they can use it are are defined mostly by by state law. When we say banish, it's almost like getting fired, right? Because we're not talking about criminal action. We're not talking about anyone being put in jail. We're talking about you're getting fired from the privilege of being a student, which you've applied to be, and you've gone through a rigorous selective admissions process in which you know, a team at UW-Madison decided, yes, we want you to be a student here and you getting a spot means numerous other people who applied are not getting a spot because we're giving it to you. It would be the university basically firing her as a student. That would be the, the outcome. She could no longer take classes. Yeah, like it's a privilege to be there. This is like the, the gem of our state, the best and the brightest. And um uh, how you're, you know, I assume, you know, UW-Madison, they have a code of conduct. Um, and I, I just wonder, it, it doesn't extend to this, but in this day and age, like, I guess thinking about, like, what is hate speech and, like, if it's not happening on campus, but it ends up on social media, like, I mean, there are plenty of people, like you said, Molly, who get fired because later they find out someone... They're, they're not representing their values, you know, they're in, in their daily life. And like, I don't know, it's <laughs> it's sticky. You know what doesn't seem like justice to me is that, OK, uh, there are a lot of people who want something that seems like kind of, you know, makes sense. You can see why people are protesting and why it really doesn't seem like much of a demand for her to be expelled. That's what people want her to do. All right. And two years later, she wins a First Amendment lawsuit and gets a huge settlement because their First Amendment rights were violated. Doesn't the university have to consider that option too? And then there's just the practical level. The student's not coming back. I don't care if she's expelled or not. Like, you think the student's coming back next semester? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily... I mean, I think it's really important to listen to the students who have been hurt and harmed by this language and feel unsafe. Like we're hearing students come out and say, I don't feel safe here. Like this person's making threatening speech about wanting, you know, people like me to die of thirst and to work for them. And like UW-Madison's Dean of Students Office received around a thousand hate and bias reports just as of Wednesday of this week. Um, around the issue. They're not happy with the response. I don't think that the student is going to be expelled, but we're not, it's yet to be seen. The way in which this is portrayed almost feels, it feels insidious, right? Because it's like, oh, is this really what people think? It's like reality TV. It's like getting this window into somebody's brain and into somebody's thought, like private thoughts that maybe, yeah, they wouldn't stand up in library mall and say say this, you know, to to a crowd of their peers, but it's what, it's this, perhaps honest expression of how they really feel. And that is disgusting. I think also shocks a lot of people that like 
actually maybe people do harbor these racist attitudes more than they're willing to admit or own up to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Back in, I remember on campus in, in 2011, there was like, uh, a mock lynching that happened on Langdon. Like it was of a doll that was put up and like hung. And uh, it just, I remember just the feeling that that made, that brought f to me here on campus. But it really just reminded me of growing up in Baraboo where there were constant people dressed up in, in blackface. There was um, a row of cars that they called Hick Row that had Confederate flags. And people would say things about lynching and whatever in class. The high school. At the high school. And you guys might remember there was a photo taken, you know, I forget when, of like all of these junior boys doing the Nazi salute. And that became national, international news. And I mean, it wasn't on school grounds. And it's that same thing, like the shocking sort of like, is this really what they think? And then you start playing armchair psychologists. Like, these are a bunch of juniors. Like, did they really mean that? And blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, there's still an impact of like what's acceptable here. Like, what's what what's intent versus impact i think has to be considered and it, it would be un you know maybe unfortunate for this girl if she didn't mean to say these things that she you know her her life has really changed by it but it is a lesson to be learned that your words um have power you shouldn't make threats i don't know you do know <laughs> I, I do know yeah uh it's a definitely a tough a tough cookie before we round up any more news, let's take a quick break. Bianca's got news about the weekend. So meanwhile, while all this is happening, meanwhile, up at the state capitol this week, you may be thinking, hmm, well, who else is talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, our state lawmakers are, and they're talking about deleting it from the university system budget. So we know it's state budget time, uh, where all state agencies are going up to the Capitol and um, asking for their next two years worth of, of state funding, including the UW system. And uh, what came out this week is that Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has floated the idea of just, just cutting all those programs out of UW. So this is about $13 million or so out of their budget, which is like $7 billion, uh, 200 people or so that work for the system, you know, of 35,000 employees. And these people are the ones who support students on campus and staff on campus, try to create community on campus. They organize events to support their black students, to support and recognize native students, to support women and LGBT students, people that any group that by definition is a minority is a small number on campus and is facing threats and in and in need of support. So that's what these these folks do. They offer workshops, they offer training, they they organize public events. Um, they help recruit faculty of color, try to diversify the workforce, make sure there's equal opportunities. Um, yeah, so that's potentially on the chopping block. Now, see, I don't I think this is all a a bunch of just uh, Voss playing to his Republican base. Wait, are you saying politics comes into the state budget? 
Quelle surprise! If you, this is a bargaining chip, it's like a chip of a chip off the bargaining chip. Robin Vosk, he can grandstand about how uh, he doesn't like uh, DEI initiatives at UW, but um, he's essentially saying, well, I'm going to take it out of your budget. But it, the budget is so huge, it's like instead of giving UW $100, he's saying, well, if you don't do what I want to do, I'm only going to give you $99.999. So UW is basically telling him to pound sand. It's still pretty disturbing in light of the story that we just got off of, which is, you know, who's out there with students and trying to calm the situation down? DEI staff. People uh, who are put there to work and be support for having a diverse campus. Like, it's wild. I, you know, benefited from having support from a number of diversity, equity, and inclusion, like, programs and and things that were literally just, like, targeted to keep students of color in. Like, for freshmen in particular, that's a lot of times, like, for freshmen, the students of color, like from marginalized groups, that is the first year they're probably going to like drop out of college. And so there's like there are programs to support students to stay. And it's just like building community when you're a minority, like you want to, you know, you might not know how to show up in someone else's culture. If you're not the dominant culture, you might feel like you don't know how to speak up in class or ask for questions or ask for help. And you don't want to, you know, maybe you don't want to look stupid or whatever because you don't know the cultural norms. And I found that these programs are really, really important. Well, isn't it interesting? Some of the demands that the students are making over that video is to reevaluate all the, I mean, they're not saying get rid of it, but they're they're asking UW Madison to reevaluate its diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives because... Are they working? Well, to do more, not to do less. Well, they're not saying get rid of it, but they're, well, they, they just say reevaluate. And that seems like maybe, uh, I mean, this is what the students are asking the chancellor to do. Are they working? Are they enough? <laughs> what is it? Well, they're also asking, like, you could basically fund tuition for a large number of, of students on campus. I mean, that was a pretty, that was a pretty concrete demand I heard at the silent sit in, which wasn't silent, but which was very, very powerful. So yeah, just because the legislature wants something done, does it mean UW will do it? No. Obviously, they have federal pots of money, they have private sources of money. But is it, uh, is it being used as a bargaining chip right now? Yeah, it seems to be. We know that the state budget is a moving target, votes are being taken, the governor has a strong veto, but we'll see. We'll see where th- where this ends up. But, you know, in other UW news, they certainly don't horse around when it comes to their police department. Oh, oh, funny. That was for you, Dylan. Tone Madison. King of bad puns. Yeah, Tone Madison did just what I thought was super clever way of talking about an important issue. And the headline is, at UW-Madison, a horse gets better parental leave than humans. So one of the UW police departments, to, uh, horse cops, you know, they bring out, we just saw them at Mifflin, um, got pregnant and welcomed a, a little baby horse into the world. And uh, they posted, UW police posted on their social media that, um, you know, the, the, the mom horse and the, and the baby horse are doing fine and that the mom will be getting 12 weeks leave to care for her fall. 
And so as this uh, Tone Madison article points out, that is 12 weeks off for a parental leave, essentially, uh, is not a benefit that a lot of UW employees uh, have. But this horse cop does. Whose lives matter? Horse lives. Nay. <laughs> Obviously, it's hard to compare it. Completely apples to, or it's hard to compare oh, oats no. to oats here because, but it is, um, you know, the horse cop is somewhat of an employee and is getting taken care of by the university. But UW has been talking about this a long time. They've had reports about how they're um, one of the only big public university that doesn't have um, uh, an official parental leave program. People can take time off after they have a kid by using their vacation or sick days, but this is about a specific paid parental leave. And UW-Madison um, doesn't have that uh, officially as... It's true. And I I mean, I used to work there. I was a UW employee and people certainly asked for it. People certainly wanted it and needed it. You know, FMLA, as we know, gives you 12 weeks off and protects your job, but it does not pay you. It only makes... It's so that you can literally not show up to work for those weeks and still have a job at the other end. So you can use your paid time off, your vacation, your sick days, but there's not a separate actual policy that paid. Although there would have been in the state budget, Tony Evers was proposing it, right? He was saying basically like, yes, we should have 12 weeks. We should join the rest of the... uh, modern industrial (laughs) nations and offer some kind of paid sick leave. But that was actually stripped out of the budget this week by by lawmakers. They've done some committees and work groups about what the best thing should be done. And it's basically to offer uh, at least six weeks of paid parental leave. That's what Dane County does and the city of Madison does. But those programs only started a few years ago. So like you said, Molly, basically the rest of the world uh, lets parents have some time off after they have a kid. And quite frankly, that's why I like this story is that um, this horse cop, it needs to be around its little foal for a while, right? In order for the foal to grow up and be healthy. We, it's a foal. We assume that. It's a foal. Just like without any question. <laughs> just roll straight We assume that. That, that just seems obvious when you're thinking <laughs> it's about it. It's not a foal. It's not a duck. Technical foul. It's not a duck. Technical foul. It's not a F-O-A-L. A foal. <laughs> A foal? It's a foal, but okay. Well, now I got to start over. But keep going. I thought it was pronounced foul. It's foal? Yeah, foul is like F-O-W-L. That's like a duck. I didn't know. Well, this became about me not saying the word foal right. (laughs) Um, That sounds like a foul's better. A little foul. A foul. I think that's another uh, quacky. Quack. It's like a duck. Oh my god. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of homonyms here. Um, anyway, we're just treating a horse. We assume the of course the horse gets should be with its baby horse. What's the hardest part of horseback riding? The ground. Oh. We just we just we had to get the dad joke in there. I have to admit, I, I am really excited for this horse, this mother, and their new baby. And um, hopefully, when people hear this, they'll they'll feel a little like spark in their heart to to allow that for other mothers of different species, <laughs> like ours. Well, thank you, Bianca. You summed that up a lot better than I did. No horsing around. That was a good joke, Mal. You know what else you missed this week, Bianca? We wanted to let you know, just in case you didn't hear about it. Uh, there is a bear, apparently just wandering around Madison. Is it a dancing bear? 
any bear, I always think they're like going to be on skates or something because they're always depicted <laughs> in art, like dancing and like on. Were you a deadhead? <laughs> This is a Wisconsin bear. It didn't escape from a Russian zoo or circus. We're looking for people who have seen the bear. I haven't seen the bear, but I might go look for it. <laughs> well, if anyone has seen the bear, please let us know about it. We want to hear from you. Madison at citycast.fm. Hey, the sun is out and, you know, horses, lambs, alpacas, bears, everybody's coming out of hibernation. And it's Cinco de Mayo, so maybe people are going to come out tonight to the Majestic. Because there's a freaking 15-piece orchestra playing there tonight, which sounds really cool. Orchestra Salsol de Mad. I love it. A good orchestra. <laughs> Molly Stentz, I might see you there. Bianca Martin, you have a good weekend. <laughs> you too. That's an order. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. Music is by Carl Christensen. You can get more news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. And have you been missing your minutes? Don't worry, Haley is back on Monday. If you enjoyed today's show, why not tell a neighbor about us? We're trying to build a cult following here. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. See you then. Bye. <laughs> I hate the end part.